Welcome to Athletes and Artists, the podcast with Cassandra, Brittany, and Jillian. Hang out and get to know our featured athletes and artists. Today, we're sharing our exclusive interview with American operatic soprano Amy Shormount Olbra. We discuss her time as a soloist at the Metropolitan Opera, her career path through Manhattan School of Music and Juilliard, and her life as an athlete and artist. What does being an athlete and artist mean to you? An athlete and an artist. Okay. Well, um, I singing is very, very athletic. And uh, classical singing in particular involves using your entire body. And it involves having a lot of energy. So I like to think of myself as an Olympic singer <laughs> because uh, the training of singing is very similar to how people would train as an Olympic athlete, and then the amount of cardiovascular energy and, and core strength that you need to actually be able to sing over a gigantic orchestra in a very large house like the Metropolitan Opera, um, it, that, that, that takes quite a lot of stamina. So um, I, I, I think as a singer, you are an athlete, so I think they're the same thing. So education's been a large part of your career and your journey. Mm-hmm going from being a student and being a teacher. From your time at Manhattan School of Music and Juilliard, what is something that helped you prepare for this athletic and artistic career? Well, it was probably two things. Um, The first thing is just understanding how my instrument works. In singing, a lot of singers are told a lot of information and kind of accept everything as fact and don't really question and really look into the why and, and the how. And so I found that after I finished my my formal training, uh, meaning school, that I needed to investigate more the mechanics of everything and and really, really learn what I was doing. Um, The second thing would be basically my present teacher. She is who helped me understand all of this and uh, Diana Soviero is my teacher and she really helped me take things to the next level. You are now an adjunct assistant professor at the Conservatory of Music at Brooklyn College. What is a skill that you hope your students get from you in their training with you? I can tell you immediately that immediately that that skill would be how to support your voice because if you don't know how to support your voice properly you really can't do much of anything else. So I want them to know how it works and and also how to use specific exercises to promote the muscle correct muscle memory and the development of the proper muscles. You've been performing as the first lady in Julie Taymor's production of Mozart's The Magic Flute for a number of years. How do you continue to go back to this piece and keep it fresh as an artist? Well, every time I repeat a role that I've done previously, I like to take it to my teacher and I like to kind of nitpick it apart and almost treat it like it's a new piece. That being said, um, obviously each time I sing something, it becomes infinitely easier and and the muscle memory is there and it comes back to me very quickly. But there's always something in there that you can tweak or you can find new ways technically to approach things and that also happens as the voice changes Um, because every few years your voice kind of goes through a a little bit of a change so you're always having to it's almost like you're dealing with a new instrument every few years that you have to learn different ways to negotiate things that maybe you haven't 
had to think about in the past. Um, in terms of the character, uh, I think that's a difficult one because it is a it is a production that is very specific down to like which foot you're stepping on and when. Um, but I think in a way that comes naturally because I'm always working with different people generally on the production. Um, so you have different colleagues that you can kind of bounce off of and, and interact with, which helps keep it fresh. So operatic singing is so athletically and artistically demanding. What do you do to maintain your instrument? So many things. <laughs> um, firstly, proper sleep. Lots of hydration. I mean, those are the obvious. I try to eat well, although I, that's always something I can work on. <laughs> it's very difficult when you're traveling, which I do a lot. Last year, I was on the road for 26 weeks out of the year. So it's difficult, um, and there's a lot of stress involved. Definitely stress management, um, and, and not just taking care of yourself physically, but taking care of yourself mentally. Uh, that's really important, and I think a lot of singers don't realize early on how that's literally equally as important as your physical health, is your mental health. Um, so, you know, meditation, um, finding ways to relax. Um, I, I like to lay on an acupressure mat, which is the what, known as a modern day bed of nails. It has over 5,000 spikes on it. <laughs> it seems a little bit um, barbaric, but it, it actually really helps um, after you, if you can get past the two first two minutes, it actually helps release a lot of stress. And I fall asleep on it sometimes, bare bare skin. <laughs> um, but but also uh, just constantly keeping my training going. It's really important. I think a lot of singers, as they become more established in their careers, they think that okay, well I've reached this certain point in my career. I don't really need to keep working on things. And I think that's a really dangerous place to be. I think as an artist, it's, it's a lifelong process and a lifelong, um, a lifelong process of, of, of trying to better yourself and, and find new ways to do things. So I like to always keep pushing myself technically and, um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. We're now going to move on to our questions from our wolf pack. These are listeners that have written in with questions for you. Great. So our first question is from Danielle from South Carolina. She wants to know, what is your training schedule like and how often do you have to do operatic style when you are doing vocal exercises or can you just do normal vocal training? Well, um, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, I'll start with the second half of the question, which is that really there's only one way to train the voice and that's the correct way. <laughs> And that's really not so much a quote of mine, but I'm actually quoting one of the, semi-quoting one of the great voice teachers um, of over 100 years ago, Matilda Marchese. She said, there's really only two, there are two schools of singing. There's the correct and the incorrect. And so, um, you know, the vocal exercises are all geared towards keeping your instrument free of as much bad tension as possible and training the muscles to work in a certain way that promotes the best possible sound, most beautiful sound with the most resonance and the most amount of color and, um, and the highest levels of musicality that one could have. So, um, 
that's that's how I would answer the second part of the question. And in terms of how what my schedule of training is, generally that changes a lot depending on my schedule. Um, I find actually that through teaching, I I get a lot of practice of the basics because I'm always working on them. And I try to be very careful of not demonstrating things incorrectly too often. My own teacher warned me about that. Um, so I, I try to keep a lot of the basics things that I would normally just do on my own. I, I don't necessarily have to do them as much on my own because I'm teaching other people how to do them. But um, it really depends on what I'm working on specifically, what piece of music I'm working on um, at the time, if it's something new versus if it's something I've done before. So um, a lot of that will then depend on what I'm doing. But in general, for me, it's more about the quality of my practice rather than the quantity. Um, and I also do a lot of mental practicing. For instance, I just had to sing a recital coming off of another a teaching engagement, actually, um, so I was teaching for over two weeks in California and there was really nowhere for me to practice. So I, and then I was going right to Oklahoma to sing a full recital program that it had kind of popped up last minute. And I had one two hour, if that rehearsal with the pianist when I got there. So I, I did a lot of sitting at the pool and a lot of mental practice and they were all pieces I had sung before. So I keep my notes and I know the spots in the music where I have to really think about how I'm going to approach it and um, just mentally go through what I need to do so that then when I go and actually sing it for real, <laughs> when I could actually practice it once I got there, um, I, you know, that was built into my brain and, and, and then it became a lot easier and actually had a really good rehearsal and I was very happy with the recital. <laughs> so yeah. That's great. Okay, Katie from Portland, Oregon wants to know, what does Amy eat and drink? I'm assuming no dairy and wondering what her favorite alternatives are, if so. And then she put two dancer emojis. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's funny. I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon in about two and a half weeks. I'm singing at the Oregon Music Festival. So if this comes out before then, please come. <laughs> singing the Kodai Te Deum and Rafe Von Williams' Serenade to Music. Um... What is, what do I eat? I am a creature of habit. I eat a lot of the same things and actually I don't avoid dairy at all. I love dairy. I eat it constant. I drink milk. Um, I put milk in my coffee. Um, I would say my eating could be a lot better. <laughs> I tend to be a stress eater and I like bread and I like carbs. Um, granted you do need a lot of that to, to do what, what we do, but, um, and I love meats. Um, but, uh, I could definitely eat more vegetables and, uh, I guess it's more about what do I avoid, which is primarily alcohol. Um, and a lot of, uh, I, you know, I, I used to avoid spicy things because of acid reflux. That's a big problem for singers. Um, and I, I deal with it, but primarily, oh, I've just been in Mexico so many times and I've been in so many places where there's good spicy food. You know, I just have to be careful that I don't eat it right before a major performance. And I try to eat meals that aren't humongous because that really, really makes the reflux bad. Our next question is from Laura in Ontario. She wants to know, hi, Amy, can you let us in on your morning routine? My morning routine. <laughs> 
it really, again, it depends on the day. Uh, let's say I'll, I'll do two morning routines, a typical day where I don't, maybe I have to teach some lessons or I, um, you know, have to run errands a day. That's not going to really involve me singing, doing a lot of singing. Um, I would just, I get up, I take a shower immediately. I always like the steam, um, and the hot water helps open up my muscles a lot. Cause I tend to wake up very tense generally. Um, and then I, I make breakfast. <laughs> um, I, my breakfast every day is one egg and toast, nothing special. And my coffee, we're a big coffee family. So we like coffee, uh, with milk. And, and then I just answer my emails and, um, yeah. And then I go about my day. <laughs> if I have to perform, it'll be a little different. I will generally still take a shower first thing and I'll do the same thing in terms of breakfast, but I will try to be very silent and not really talk too much. The more I talk, um, I, I feel it, it'll, It'll, it'll just take away from any energy that I'm trying to save for the evening. And I don't want to get vocally fatigued if it's an evening performance. So I'll try to do as little talking as possible. And um, I might late morning do a very, very small little humming exercise just to make sure check the chords are okay, which I can tell even without doing that. But just to get the breath moving because that's the most important thing. And then I'm at a point now where I, I know instantly if I'm going to sing, you know, if, if, if I have to sing that night, if, if I am in the right zone. Um, whereas maybe when I was in my 20s, I would have not been as secure in my instrument. But um, I can pretty much tell immediately that I'm ready to go. And then I don't worry about it. And I try to just distract myself all day, <laughs> not overthink things and just try to, again, not speak as much until the performance. And then I'll do a really solid warm up, maybe an hour before I perform. Great. Okay. And our last question is from Amelia in Seattle. Other than opera, what is your favorite genre to sing? Honestly, opera. <laughs> I don't have another genre. I, I have other genres I like to listen to. But in terms of my instrument, it doesn't really work in any other genre. Um, I tried Broadway once years ago. I had several callbacks for Phantom on Broadway for Carlotta and was essentially, you know, indirectly told that my voice was way too big for Broadway. They can't mic me. So, um, and, I, and I enjoy the challenge of classical music um, way more. I, I like the language challenge. Um, I like the language aspect, the foreign language aspect of it. I like um, the the challenge of, of music, the music and learning the different intervals and the harmonies and singing over big orchestras. That's what makes me really excited, especially when there's a lot of brass. <laughs> so um, for me, vocally, I unfortunately... Um, although again, it doesn't bother me. I don't really sing any other genres, but in terms of what I listen to, I listen to pop music. I, I do like some Broadway and not a whole lot of it, honestly. Um, I like more of the classic, uh, old school Broadway. Um, and, uh, I, I, I like so many different things. I really, probably one of my favorite genres is like, 
um, electronic music, like dance music, like bands like Clean Bandit. I really like them. Um, they're British and they're amazing. Um, and I've gone to see them in concert. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I really like that, that kind of music. It helps me be less stressed and just kind of relax. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the interview. Follow us on our social media at Cassandra Lacey, at NY Choreographer, at Embracing underscore the Fire Within, and of course, at Athletes Artists. Thanks for listening, and be sure to rate and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you next week.